Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. I'm going to preach an hour and a half to uh, say so you get your uh, time non plan. I, w- I do want to share something that's on my heart. And um, I guess it was about, I don't know, two months ago, I was listening to, uh, I couldn't sleep one night. And I hardly, to be honest with you, we don't... Uh, we don't hardly watch TV uh, other than if it's um, uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks or something on uh, Nickelodeon or if it's not MLB Network or uh, some other ball game. I really don't hardly watch TV. But that night I couldn't sleep and I was listening to, uh, I actually turned it on uh, uh, Daystar Television and uh, Mark Sharona was preaching a message uh, out of uh uh, this text, and he mentioned uh, about the scarlet cord, and I told, uh, I, matter of fact, I told Matt the following day, I said, that's probably the most anointing I felt off of a television broadcast uh, in a long time, but it was really good. So today, I just want you to turn to Joshua chapter 2. I'm going to preach uh, in, a, in a short amount of time. As fast as I can, so I'm going to go like an auctioneer. So you got, if you're taking notes, no shorthand. And uh, so we're going to go to Joshua uh, chapter 2. As you find that, um, I was listening to, um, I I heard this... uh, I heard this the other day that said there was this redneck hillbilly that was, uh, his name was Joshua, and he was arrested, and he was going before the judge. And so the judge asked him, he said, uh, Joshua, he said, um, he said, are you the Joshua that made the sun stand still? And he said, no, sir. He said, I'm Joshua who made the moon shine. So if you will, go to Joshua chapter 2. Let's look in verse 1. It says, Now Joshua the son of Nun sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent out to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men whom have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. And the woman took two men and hid them, so that they said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark that the men went out. And where they went, I do not know, pursue them quickly. For you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them uh, uh, by the road to the Jordan uh, to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they laid down, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land are, are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you, have, have, uh, when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion, and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. 
For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. And spare my father and mother and my brothers and my sisters and all that all that they have and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, our lives for yours. If none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be that when the Lord has given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall, and she dwelt on the wall. And she said to them, get to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterward, you may go your way. So the men said to her, you will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear. Unless when you come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own, so it shall be whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the streets, his blood shall be on his own hand. And we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our hand if any hand is laid upon him. And if you tell this business of ours, we will be free from your oath, and, and which we you made us swear. Then she said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. Um, and she bound the scarlet cord in the window, and they departed and went to the mountain and stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. The pursuers sought them all along the way, but they did not find them. So the two men returned. Uh, descended from the mountain and crossed over and they came to Joshua the son of Nun and told him all that had befallen them and they said to Joshua truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands for indeed all the inhabitants of the country are faint hearted because of us father we just thank you today and Lord we just ask you to uh, anoint me afresh help me preach good help me preach quick in Jesus name amen so we're going to believe in miracles. I can preach in 30 minutes, 20 minutes, or 10 minutes if I have to. Listen, I just want to talk about this, this, this scarlet cord. I want to really just simply preach a real simple message about Jesus. Um, and, um, and so this has just really been on my heart for a couple of months. And last Sunday after we left church, when I turned onto my road, I felt like the Lord told me the following, the, the following Sunday, I want you to preach on the scarlet cord. Now think about this. The children of Israel are encamped on the other side of the Jordan. They're about to cross the River Jordan. And just across the River Jordan is the land of Jericho. Rahab's house is on the city wall. The city wall was thick. This is not some little small wall that's built around the city. Actually, chariots could actually race around the top of the wall and her house was uh, uh, was uh, on side of the wall was in the wall if you will so it was like you could stay overnight and, and Rahab is not the she's not the upper class citizen come on now she's running a brothel uh, um, uh, she's a harlot and so as the as the, the two men go in and spy she she's asking them that her life would be uh would be would be changed that her life would be saved 
and that uh, because they know that God has given all of Jericho into their hands. They had heard how God had dried up the Red Sea. They heard what happened to the Ammonites. And so they knew God had given their city to these to the children of Israel. And so this is what she's this is what he says. She took a scarlet cord, hung it out the window. And he said, if you bind this cord to the window, when we come back in, we're going to recognize this scarlet cord as your house. You with me? And if you stay inside that house, you're, you're going to be saved. Now listen, we know that when God put man in the garden, a lot of times, if we're not careful, we'll think that Jesus, because Adam fell in the garden, that Jesus was actually plan B. Jesus was plan A all along. The Bible says in Revelation 13 and 8 that Jesus Christ was slain before the foundations of the world. So before Adam ever showed up in the garden, God had already came in the form of a man to his people because he realized that you and I could not make it alone. Are you with me? Just like Matt said, we've looked with everything to try to find peace. We've looked at everything to try to help our families. And the only thing that's going to change our life or save our family's life is a scarlet cord called Jesus Christ and what he did for us at Calvary. Now Jesus is pictured all throughout the Old Testament. Uh, um, I'm going to preach this quick, but in Genesis 3.15, there's a prophecy given after the fall of man, and and, and God tells the enemy that there's coming a a seed from a woman that's going to crush your head, and you're going to bruise his heel. This is the first prophecy given of Jesus, the seed of a woman that's going to break the back of the enemy. And all throughout the Old Testament, this scarlet cord, listen, the Bible says in Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans that I, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I know the plans that I have towards you, the thoughts that I think towards you, peace, and, and to give you hope and a future. That word hope is cord. Listen, this is written to people not in good times. This is, this is Jeremiah's writing to a people in Babylonian captivity. They're prisoners. And he says, listen, I've come to give you a hope, a scarlet cord, that you're not always going to be a prisoner. I can't get no help today. Listen, it's Labor Day weekend. We just want to relax. Listen, what God's saying, listen, to the prisoner, to the man bound, I came to give you a scarlet cord, which is Jesus Christ, that can break any prison that we find ourselves in. Can I get some help in here? He sets the alcoholic free. He takes the dad that's disengaged in the house and gives him a scarlet cord of hope and gets his life back on track. This is, he's writing to a people in Babylonian captivity and to give you a thread of hope. What is the thread? The hope is Jesus. The Bible says he is the hope of all nations. Hello. It's not the Democratic Party we're hoping in. It's not the Republican Party. Listen, neither one of us can neither one of them can fix this country. We need the scarlet cord, which is Jesus Christ, to enter into the White House. Genesis chapter 22, good Lord, I've got to preach quick. Genesis chapter 22 is a, another type, if you will. This is where Abraham is taking his only son Isaac 
And God tells him, this is God's test to Abraham, and he tells him to get up your son and go offer him on the mountain to me. Now, how many would like to hear that in prayer? Abraham gathers Isaac. Isaac, he he goes and splits the wood, and he's got Isaac, and he's taking him up the mountain. Now, listen, when I was in Sunday school, I thought that Isaac was a little bitty boy. Come on, how many else thought that? That Isaac was a little bitty boy walking by his daddy, some three or four years old, and his daddy's got wood in his hand. And as as, as they're going up the mountain, Isaac looks at Abraham and says, Daddy, I see the wood. I see everything that we're going to use for the sacrifice, but where is the lamb? This is the first place that Jehovah Jireh is mentioned in the Bible as they're ascending the hill. Listen, as they're going up the incline, I I come to preach this morning. I said as they were going up the incline, is the first, a lot of people know him when they get up on the mountaintop. Listen, but he's got to be Jehovah Jireh when you're in the incline of the mountain. Come on, somebody. When you don't see the ram in the thicket, when you don't see him tied up, when you don't know how you're going to pay the rent, when you don't know where the money's coming from, he's got to be Jehovah Jireh when he's going, you're going up the mountain. If he's Jehovah Jireh then, baby, he'll be Jehovah Jireh when you get on top of the mountain. Can I get a witness up in here? Has God ever paid somebody's bills in this place? Has God ever canceled a debt for you in this place? He is Jehovah Jireh. Listen, this is a picture of Christ. Isaac wasn't a little bitty boy. He was a fully grown man. Listen, I can wrestle Asher down. But to be honest with you, if I go to whip Grant, I need oxygen and everything. You know I mean, he's 140 pounds. I mean, he's no little bitty kid anymore. He's about as tall as I am. So it takes great strength to wrestle him down. So Isaac looks at Abraham, his father, and says, I see everything that it's going to take to do the sacrifice. And Abram looks at Isaac and says, listen, God will provide us a lamb. Listen, this is a picture of Jesus because Isaac, listen, when they got up on the top, Isaac was willing to climb on the sacrifice that Abram had built. Did you hear what I said? There was no resisting Isaac from the father. Jesus, listen, no man took his life. He willingly laid it down. Did you hear what I said? I said no man took his life. He willingly laid it down. He was willing to take the cross and walk the Via Dolorosa all the way up the hill at Golgotha just for you and I. It is a picture, a scarlet thread. And God stopped Abram and said, listen, don't kill him. There's a ram in the thicket. He was letting him feel. But one day I will not withhold the sword from my only son. Listen, I will put the sword through him so that you can be free from the captivity in your life. Lord, I'm sorry I'll holler. Exodus chapter 12. <laughs> hey, holler like that and people still go to sleep. One time we took our little nephew. He was little, he's 18, senior in high school now. He went to our church with us and we had several people falling out at the front, you know. They was all laid across the front. And uh, <laughs> we had the throws, you know, covering up the ladies or whatever. He goes home and he tells his mama, he said, Mom, he said that uh, I went to Uncle John's church. He said there were people sleeping all across the front and they just gave them blankets. 
<laughs> we go to sleep at our church. Listen to this. The scarlet cord. In Exodus chapter 12, the children of Israel camped in the land of Goshen. They're about to make their exit. 400 years of captivity, and they're about to make their exit outside of Egypt. They're overdue. It's 430 years. They're about to make their exit outside of Egypt. When God got ready to deliver his people, listen, he sent all the plagues. Remember the frogs, all of that. Killed the firstborn. Listen, that night when they were in their, in their houses, God instituted something called Passover. How many remembers that? You remember they had to take a lamb inside the house. If the lamb was too big for your house, you had to share it with your neighbor. That speaks of evangelizing the gospel. Why do we want to sit in our house and just enjoy the lamb and not tell our neighbor how to get a hold of the lamb? The neighbor that's got the marriage that's on the rocks, they need to know, they need to know what saved our marriage, the lamb. Come on, the neighbor that's got the kid that's strung out and can't get free, they sent them to everywhere else, but yet your kid got free. How did your kid get free? Because of the lamb. So they institute this, listen, and the Bible says that the children of Israel, first of all, had to be a spotless lamb. It could not be an imperfect lamb. And in and, and Passover, the lamb had to be inspected five days to make sure that there was nothing on the inside. This is a scarlet cord thread picture of what Jesus would do in the New Testament. You remember in John chapter 12, six days before crucifixion, he's at the house of Bethany. And the Bible says that Mary anoints him there and he gets up to go to Jerusalem. Why? Because the lamb has to be inspected five days before the lamb is slaughtered. He shows up in Jerusalem five days early. Why? So that Pilate could inspect his life. And Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. As Pilate was saying, I find no fault in this man. The high priest was in the temple saying that this this lamb is spotless. And as the high priest was slaying in the temple, as he was putting the knife through the lamb, listen, they were slaying Jesus on the cross. Listen, and as they ate the Passover that night, they girded up their loins and they started walking out of Egypt. What does that tell me? As long as I keep eating the lamb, whatever has bound me in Egypt will let me go. I can't get no help in here. Listen, you don't have to... Gosh, I can't. You say, well, I'm not completely free. I'm telling you, keep eating the lamb. As long as you keep eating the lamb, you will be free. Listen, friend, did you hear what I... Yeah, I don't care what you're bound with. I don't care how many years you've had it. I don't care how long it's been in your family line. If you will keep eating the lamb, it will let you go. I usually have two pages. Notes got four today. But I'm going to give you something. Most churches just let out 1150. <laughs> so they're going to beat us. So let's let the first crowd go ahead and hit it. <laughs> hey. You ain't going to beat some churches. They're eating at 1130. I better quit. Listen, in Numbers chapter 21, here's your story. The children of Israel complaining. It's hard to believe that church folk complain, but they do. They're, they're complaining against Moses, against their leadership. 
And so God says, I'll I tell you what, I'll help y'all out with all that complaining. So God releases these fiery serpents and they start biting the fire out of them. This may be a way of intercession. I'm going to write this down, Junior. <laughs> People be calling exterminator next week. God starts, these fiery serpents start biting them. So now they start crying out to God saying, God, do something about these serpents. And God, so God speaks to Moses. And he says, Moses, he says, create a fiery serpent, an image of a fiery serpent, put him on a pole and lift him up before the people. And those that look upon the image of the fiery serpent will be made whole. Now, how could an image of a, of a fiery serpent be a scarlet cord thread of the image of Jesus Christ? Because the Bible says, him that knew no sin would become sin. And you know what? Listen, what, what are you saying to me, preacher? I'm telling you, if you will look and behold the Lamb, what did John say? Behold the Lamb. Look, behold the Lamb which takes away what? The sin of the world. If we behold the Lamb and look at that image of the cross and receive what that did for us, it will take the sting that the enemy come to kill us with and he'll take that from our lives. Listen to this. I'm going to go quick, okay? In the book of Ruth, Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. Psalms 23, he's the good shepherd. In Proverbs, he's the wisdom of God. Song of Solomon, he's the lover and the bridegroom. Isaiah pictures him as the suffering servant. Jeremiah pictures him as the weeping prophet. And Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fire. How many members that? When the three Hebrew boys would not bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's image and they threw them in the fire... How many members that? My God, I gotta listen. They said, Listen, we believe our God is able to save us. But listen here if God don't choose to save us, we're not gonna bow down and serve that image you got. And as he cast the three Hebrew boys down into the fire, Nebuchadnezzar looked and he said, There was a fourth man standing in that fire who looks like the Son of the living God. That is an image of Jesus Christ, a scarlet cord, telling John Bagley, When you get into the fires and seemingly to overtake your life, there will be a fourth man revealed in that fire, which is the Son of God. Listen, Joel, he's the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. The four Gospels. Matthew, he's the Messiah. And Mark, he's the miracle worker. And Luke, he's the Son of Man. And John, he's the Son of God. Now listen to this. We're done right here. But if you take John's gospel, there's 21 chapters in the book of John. St. John's gospel. Each chapter portrays a portrait of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? How many has got a Thompson Chain's reference Bible? You got it? If you take that Thompson Chain reference Bible and you go to the book of John, St. John, and you open it up in your, in your title on the, on the far side where it gives you the numbers that you look up in the back to show you where it is. And you look at each chapter, it'll give you the title or the heading of what that picture of Christ is. Are you with me? So I'm going to give you all 21 chapters, you okay? We're going to do it in less than a minute, okay? You good? 
We were eating with some people a while back. Thompson Chain Reference Bible. I got one. Uh, my father bought me one when I was 18 years old. And that was one of the first things that I learned out of that. And so that we were eating with this couple, and they said, here's the Thompson Chain Reverence Bible. And so I said, if you know that it paints 21 pictures of Christ in the book of John? No, whatever. And so I told them where to go, and I said, let's see how many I can get. And I was amazed at how many that I still remembered of learning that. So let's go. And John chapter 1 is the divinity of Christ. And John chapter 2 is the humanity of Christ. Are you with me? John chapter 3, remember when he taught Nicodemus, he's the divine teacher. And John chapter 4, he's the great soul winner. That's the woman at the well. In 5, he is the healer. Remember, that's the pool, the healing at the pool of Salaam. In 6, he's the bread of life. 7, he's the water of life. In chapter 8, where the woman was stoned, and he's the defender of the weak. In, in chapter 9, he is the light of the world. 10, he's the good shepherd. 11 is where Lazarus gets up, and he's the resurrection and the life. Come on, somebody. 12, he is, 12, he's Christ the king. 13, he's Christ the servant. In 14, he's Christ the great consoler. In 15, he's the true vine. In 16, he's the giver of the spirit. In 17, is the garden of Gethsemane when he is the model intercessor. In 18, is where they beat him and he's the model sufferer. In 19, is where the resurrection is and he's the uplifted savior. Come on, somebody. In 20, he's the conqueror of death. In 21, he's the restorer of the penitent. That is John's portraits of Jesus Christ. Man, you can't brag on Jesus without feeling something up in here. You remember after the resurrection when John, in John chapter 20, verse 28, when Thomas said, I will not believe, I will not believe it's him until I can put my fingers in his nail-scarred hands. In verse 28, when Thomas touched the nail-scarred hands of Jesus, he said, my Lord and my God. You remember when the centurion soldiers were standing at the crucifixion and the ground shook and they looked at each other and said, for surely this was the son of the living God. She might as well stand up because we run out of time. Flight's got to land. <laughs> Sean says, my God, he just cut it off. <laughs> Play for him right here out of my Listen, I'm not done. I'm just coming to get some more, more oil right here, okay? I don't know if that was the Lord speaking to me. If it is, it says your love is like a freight train. <laughs> Listen. If you're here today, what I want to tell you is there's a scarlet cord that you can bind on your window that's going to protect you from destruction. Friend, I promise you, this world we're living in is going to shake more and more as the days ahead. If not, you've got your hand in the sand. Your head is in the sand. Get it out. He said, well, you must have looked at Fox News. No, I don't take Fox News to take that. I can tell you what the Bible says in Isaiah 6. It says, that, that gross darkness shall cover the earth, but arise and shine for your light has come. 
And this is what I know. Every jeweler knows this. You've never been to a jewelry store that's got the jewels laying out and they got white behind them. They don't do that. They put black felt behind that or velvet behind those jewels to reveal the shine of the diamond. And that is exactly what your Heavenly Father is going to do with the darkness of this world. He's going to put it as a backdrop to the jewel, which is the church, and we're going to rise and shine for thy light has come. The light has already come. He entered into the world over 2,000 years ago, and when he resurrected, he left us as a light. So what do you got to do? You got to bind that scar. Listen, what he told Rahab. He said to, you can play right there for me. He said that, he said, he didn't just say to cast the rope out. He didn't say just dangle it from the roof. Just, just, I tell you what, Rahab, if you'll just dangle it from the roof, first of all, notice who, notice who was saved, a harlot that was running a brothel. I came to tell you, Jesus ain't just for the churchy folks. He ain't for the ones wearing the crown and the halo on their heads. He's for the brokenhearted friend. He's for the outcast of society that nobody else has hope in. I had a high school teacher that pointed at me and said, John, I'm telling you, you you are a horrible son. There's hardly no hope for you. I'm glad that I got a God in heaven that didn't give up on me and a mama that prayed for me. Every time I showed up at that house drunk, she would pray. And the God of heaven put a scarlet cord in my life and saved me. He said, you got to bind it. How do you bind it? He said, you got to bind it. You, you got to make sure this thing's secure. See, you can't live this life half loose and half-heartedly. Come on, somebody. Well, I don't know. Listen, the Bagley children do not have never heard, never heard me and that woman say, I don't know if we go in the church in the morning. I don't go to church because I don't go to church because I'm a preacher. If I wasn't preaching the gospel, we'd be in the house of God serving God with his people and loving on him. Oh, soft cup. Well, that boy, he's religious. We go into the house of God. That's the standard at my house. Now there may be a couple of months, a couple of days out of the year we're gonna be at the lake because you gotta have it. You gotta recreate. Sometimes you need a break from the church family. <laughs> he said, You gotta bind it. You gotta bind this cord. First of all, what listen, don't you know that day in and day out she got up in the morning and she went and checked the cord. When she went to bed at night, she checked the cord and made sure the cord was secure. That tells me something, Dad. Listen, when we get up in the morning, we got to make sure the, the cord is secure. If you got the cord secure, you don't have to worry about what somebody's teaching them down at the schoolhouse. I can't get no help up in here. I said if you secure the cord, there ain't no professor going to get them for six months and change their view of the gospel. She got up every morning to run outside. I don't know if this is going to be the day that they come in this city or not. I don't know when they come and all I know is they're coming. We can see them encamped about on the other side of the Jordan. But I know this, if God dried up the sea for them, God's going to turn the floodwaters of the Jordan back for them. And they're coming in this city. She went and checked the cord. You've got to bind it. Listen, you got to bind this cord on your family. 
you got to bind this cord on your life that you cannot live this life half-heartedly. We are fighting more stuff than Opie and Aunt B and Andy fought. When I was a boy, if you wanted to go get a dirty image, you had to go to some halfway crooked store down the street. Come on, somebody. And now look how the enemies made it so accessible to have at our fingertips. If you wanted to gamble, you had to go to Biloxi, Mississippi. You had to get on a boat or something else. Now he's got it at your fingertips. Don't have to leave the leave your house. We got to bind the scarlet cord. This is how God instructed the children of Israel. He said, when you rise up in the morning, talk about it. At noonday, talk about it. When you go to bed at night, talk about it. When you rise up in the morning, talk about it. At noonday, talk about it. When you go to bed, talk about it. When you rise up, talk about it. At noonday, talk about it. When you go to bed, talk about it. When you rise up, talk about it. Noonday, talk about it. That's how you bind the cord on your children. We can't go a week without talking about the Word of God in our houses. We got to talk it to them daily. You cannot expect me or any minister that I got on staff to bind the cord around your kids. You got to do it yourself. You are your child's youth pastor. He said, Rahab, when I come into the city, everything's fixing to be level because God's given us this city. But if I see the cord hanging from your house, and notice this, if you want to live, you better go get your daddy, everything he's got, get your brothers and sisters and get them in that. Get them in that. Get them in that. And when we see the cord, we're going to go right by your house. But your household is going to be saved. Listen, I preach like a wild man or a dying man to dying people to tell you this one thing. Jesus wants in your house, friend. He wants in your house. He wants to be the topic, the topic of your conversation. He wants to be there rising up till you're going down. He wants you to bind the scarlet thread around your house. I believe this, friend. If we bind the scarlet thread around our kids, I believe even if they depart from it, they will come back. I believe that my prayer life will bind my son that if he wants to get out of the will of God and go into the world, he can't walk around at any party that there's not a cord tied to his belt loop snatching him around. And that is my prayer life and the scarlet cord that I have bound to his life. In Wayne County, where we're from, there was a kid. He was 20, he was 20 years old, 19 years old. He was at a party. They was doing dope. Sitting, I'm talking about cutting lines on a, on a glass table and snorting. And his daddy praying night and day for him. And he said all of a sudden with him having cocaine running up his nose, he looked at his buddy and said, what in the world are we doing here? Listen, he said, we got to get out of this place and get our life right with God. Don't tell me that scarlet cord. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that a two-fold cord is easily broken, but a three-fold cord is not easily broken. That's me and mama wrapped up in the Holy Ghost and our prayer life over our children. How am I going to change, preacher? You're going to eat the lamb. How do you eat the lamb? It starts out like this. Jesus, I believe what you did for me is real. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you went all the way to Golgotha for me. 
I believe you died on that rugged cross and I believe that you went down to Sheol to get the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I believe just what that big preacher said that on the third day you rose from the grave and you sat at the right hand of the Father making intercession for me today. I believe today that you're not upset with me but you love me. And if you could touch a harlot named Rahab, surely you could touch me today. And you simply receive that. And as you receive that, friend, what happens is the seed of the kingdom goes on the inside of you. Don't worry about what happens tomorrow. Don't worry about what comes out of your flesh tomorrow. Allow that seed to grow on the inside of you and keep eating the lamb every day. And directly, you're going to watch your life turn around. Can I get an amen up in here? So raise your hands. Listen, I'm going to say this. If we got some, th- listen, when we do this baptism on September the 23rd, if you got some things that need to be broken off your life, you want to get in the tank. I'll be the first one in the tank if somebody in here can get me out of the tank. So we might have to have two men on me and Jesse. Lord, I think about sometimes about my funeral, what I acted Paul Bear, JCB, back home or something, you know. Listen, you want to be baptized. Baptize, baptism is how God's going to. Listen, you get saved, you eat the lamb, you need to be baptized. And I love it like this. This is the way John Hagee said it years ago. He said, some people say, well, the thief on the cross wasn't baptized. This is what he said. Go get on the cross, otherwise get in the tank. I'm going to take the tank. Father, I bless this people today. I bless this people today, God. And I thank you for the scarlet cord that is being wrapped and twined in this house, in their family, in their lives. I thank you for children being born again under the power of God. I thank you for children that will not backslide, but will walk with you all the days of their life in the name of Jesus. We declare like Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Those are prodigals that are away. Listen, just trust the cord. Just trust the cord. Say, God, I bind the cord. I bound that cord. And I call them back in in the name of Jesus. We just dispatch angels right now to go get your prodigal children and bring them home right now. Let them come to themselves. The Bible says in Luke 15 that prodigal son was sitting there eating it with hogs. And he said, listen, I got to get up and get back to daddy's house. So, Father, we just say let them do that right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the kingdom of God just growing on the inside of us. We thank you for all that you've done in this place today. In the mighty name of Jesus, will you give God a mighty hand clap of praise? Come on, don't patty cake him. Listen, God bless you. We're praying for you. We believe in God for you. Listen, we'll see you here on Wednesday night. Amen.